man that I have ever met. Uh, I met him whenever I grew up. Amen. I have known him, and he is a truly a man of God. I have no reservations. I'm just like he said yesterday. I don't pen flowers unless I find the reason to do so. And he is worthy of all the flowers that I could ever pen and every good word that I could ever say. I could go on all afternoon telling you the great things that he has taught me and that we have seen together and worked together for many years. I counted a great honor for him to fill this pulpit today. And my heart is open and he is here and he is the preacher and I'm the student. And I'm going to listen to what the Holy Ghost has to say today. Amen. I hope you'll feel the same way. Amen. How many of you want to hear from God? Amen. Dad, come and preach to us and let us hear from the word of the Lord. And everybody say praise the Lord. Turn around and shake hands with somebody, especially our visitors. We're glad you're here. You're the friendliest church in town. Amen. You're the only church in town. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad this morning to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. I don't want to get tagged as a long-winded preacher now, I promise you. Because I'm not really long-winded. <laughs> just have a lot to say and a short time to say it. Amen. Well, everybody say praise the Lord. Oh, 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 what he's done for me. Sing it. Oh, 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 what he's done for me. Oh, what he's done for me. I never shall forget what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He's filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. I never shall forget what he's done for me. Hallelujah. I don't know what key. What key you want to play it in? I don't know. I can sing in all of them. Amen. Praise God. You, you play by ear and I'll sing by mouth. Amen. <laughs> oh, what he's done for me. Oh, what he's done for me. Oh, what he's done for me. I never shall forget what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He's filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. I never shall forget what he's done for me. He healed my body when I was sick. That's what he's done for me. He healed my body when I was sick. That's what he's done for me. He healed my body when I was sick. That's what he's done for me. I never shall forget what he's done for me. Oh, what he's done for me. Sing it, everybody. Oh, oh what he's done for me. Oh, oh, what he's done for me. I never shall forget what he's done for me. Let's love him, everybody. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shake hands with somebody and you can be seated. I'm glad today that God saved my soul. 
I was longing and looking for something that was real. Amen. I tell you what, he was merciful to me. I wasn't worthy of anything that he had ever. Don't walk away yet. I might want to sing again. Come on back. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, uh, I, I love to worship the Lord. The song that you sung a while ago, Worship Like David Worships, you should be over in the Philippines and watch them worship like David worships. When they say dance, I mean, if you don't dance, you're in trouble. Uh, you're going to get run over if you don't. Amen. And uh, I tell you what, they, that's one song that they know. They got it down patent. I want you to know they, everywhere, all the islands that we went through, that, man, they sung that choir. They sung it congregational. And they worshiped the Lord. Amen. All, they didn't have all this fine musical instruments that we got here today. All they had was a little old uh, electric piano. And it wasn't much of one either. But uh, I want you to know they loved God. They worshiped the Lord. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. I don't know what key I'm going to sing in, so maybe you can follow along or raise it up or down. It don't matter. Amen. I'll follow with you. Amen. When the Savior reached down for me, when he reached way down for me, I was lost and undone when out God's son when he reached down his hand for me I usually see in I think an F try F once my soul was astray from the heavenly way I was wretched and as wild as could be and my Savior in love gave me peace from above when he reached down his hand for me. When the Savior reached down for me, when he reached way down for me, lost and undone without God's only son when he reached down his hand for me. Now my heart does rejoice when I hear his sweet voice in the tempest to him I'll surely cleave there to lean on his arm safe secure from all harm since he reached down his hand for me <laughs> oh when the Savior reached down for me was lost and undone without God's only son when he reached down his hand for me. Sing it with me, would you? Sing the chorus of it. Oh, when the Savior reached down for me.
I was lost and undone when God gave his only son. Oh, and he reached way down for me. Shall we love him, everybody? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. It's good to have some of my kinfolk with me. I'm glad to have my brother. I only got one brother. Glad to have him and his wife. And man, I dearly love and appreciate Brother Bobby Linger and his wife. Your pastor here has been, was named after this man right here uh, this morning. And we have known each other for many, many years. And uh, they have took time and come down to be with us. And, and we're glad they're here. We're glad to see everyone here this morning. All of our visitors, God bless you. You know, it's always a privilege to see you in the house of God. And uh, we want you to want you to come back tonight. Amen. I'm looking for the Holy Ghost to... In fact, I, I, I kind of feel to preach a little faith tonight. And uh, I want to see God do a lot of beautiful miracles in this place. If you're afflicted, you're sick, bring the sick and afflicted tonight. I want to pray for the sick. And uh, I'd like to see every one of you here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Turn around and look at someone. Say, you going to be here tonight? If they say no, say, why not? You need to be here. Amen. <laughs> I don't know a better place to be than the house of God. Amen. Praise God. I'm not going to embarrass you near as bad as what the preacher embarrassed me one time. I never forget when I first started going to church, he made me mad. I'll just be honest about it. And uh, he said some things that just made me embarrassing for everybody. I wouldn't do that to you today, but we do want you to come tonight, and we want you to just open your heart today and let God speak to your soul here today. Shall we stand to the reading of God's Word, if you would, and let's turn to the book of Luke. And uh, I want to, I'm not going to say for a while, I don't know how long, but uh, I, I want to preach to our hearts. I want to preach to my heart. Amen. Praise God. In Luke, the 11th chapter, and I want to save a little time, I want to... Uh, going to verse number 17, I know this is not the homiletic way to do it, but I want to start with verse number 17. But he, knowing every thought, said to, unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan, who also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye shall, that, ye shall say that I cast out devils through Bethsabah, and if I by Bethsabah cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. And I want to use number verse number 17 for just a few minutes for, well, I don't want to say a few minutes, for a while today. And let God speak to our heart. Amen. I want to use a thought today that the Lord so beautifully began to deal with me last night about. Beware of your second love. Everybody turn around to somebody, and I want you to remember this. I want you to remember, beware of your second love. Beware of your second love. Amen. You know, we ought to be able to communicate with that in the hour we're living today. Amen. I shouldn't be talking a foreign language of some kind that you don't understand. You should, under, should under, be able to understand that. Amen. 
Shall we bow our heads together? Master, what a privilege it is to come to thy house to worship you, to sit at your feet, God, and to partake of your food. Bless each and every one. Speak to our hearts. Move upon us. Let a fresh breath of your spirit touch our hearts. Touch each and every one. Those that used to know you and don't know you today, God, we ask you, Lord, to have mercy upon them. Speak unto them, and we'll praise and give thee the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. If you're here this morning, you don't have the Holy Ghost, don't leave until you get it. It won't take you a long time to get it. All you got to do is be sincere. Amen. If you'll open your heart and seek God and ask God to forgive you of your sins, God will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. If you're a backslider today and you have one time experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't want that devil to try to tell you that you cannot uh, receive unless you have blasphemed the Holy Ghost. And blaspheming the Holy Ghost is not so much the rejection of God but the blaspheming of God I have found in my lifetime and I have known people that have done this is the fact is that they hate God and the things about God and the things about the church amen you're here today because you love the church or you wouldn't be here you come for one reason you come to receive something from the Lord amen I'd say probably about 21 22 years ago the Lord began to deal with me in this measure of a person that used to know him Bible speaks of it in James the fifth chapter and I'm not going to preach about it now but if any, if any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord the prayer of faith shall raise the sick and if he hath committed any sins it shall be forgiven him if he hath committed any sins it shall be forgiven him now that deals with the backslider amen so what is the what is the procedure the procedure is just as simplicity as it is in acts 238 repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy ghost the word shall i like them shells sometime you need to make a, make a bible study on the word shell alone and uh, the bible said in james uh, starting with the fifth chapter and uh, and it says if he hath committed any sin it shall be forgiven him I've seen people pray and pray I remember one time and I'm going to get into the word what I want to preach about but I remember a woman coming up in front of my church and she prayed and she's about to wear out everybody and I looked at her and I said you know something about this Holy Ghost telling me you know something about this she said I used to be a backslider and I picked up the Bible. I have a big Bible sitting on my communion table. And I picked it up. I said, do you believe this thing? She said, I sure do. And I said, all right, I want you to read some, something. And I gave her this verse of scripture. I said, what does that say? Read it. What does it say? It shall be forgiven him. I said, now who's that talking to? You or me or who? Whatever. She said to everybody. I said, all right, I'm going to anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. You forgive yourself and you'll come out of this thing talking in tongues as the spirit of the Lord give the utterance. I know her with all in the name of the Lord. She just started talking in tongues. The Spirit. She said, "My." She said, "I've made something complicated out of it." Amen. We're living in a day of that. A lot of people like to make a lot of things complicated. Amen. The simplicity of the gospel. Even a wayfaring man can understand the ways of the Lord. Everybody say, "Praise the Lord." In the book of Mark, amen. Stay with me. I'm going to go into the word of the Lord. I'm going to be in the Bible quite a bit here today. And, and uh, so kind of keep it pretty handy with you. Amen. Mark the ninth chapter, verse number 34. 9 and 34. And let's see what it has to say. Amen. Let's go to verse number 33. And he came to Capernaum. And being in the house, he asked them, What was that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace by the way and they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest 
who should be the greatest? And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be the last of all, the servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. The greatest in the kingdom of God, amen, he's trying to say is a childlike spirit. Those that love him and the simplicity of a childhood. I have, I have pastored for many years and I've preached over the country. And I'll tell you what, this is one old boy that always has taken a lot of time with small children. I love to pray with small children because of the simplicity. And when they ask God something, the tears begin to roll out of their eyes and they begin to receive from the Lord. I believe that children can receive the Holy Ghost at a young age. My youngest boy received the Holy Ghost when he was four and a half years old. Amen. And he still kept the Holy Ghost through the years. And today he's preaching the gospel. I believe that children can, you say, preacher, that's awful young. I believe that God can put a child, a small child, into the atmosphere of a home, a Holy Ghost-filled home, and keep the hand of God upon that child through the lifetime. Amen. And how beautiful it is to be able to, uh, to look at the world and say that, that I was showed a Calvary. I was showed something that was real as a small child. And my life was not dampened or darkened by the filth of this old world. Amen. I worked with a man one time. I used to work at Goodyear. I worked there uh, around approximately 10 years. And uh, I worked with a man one time. I'll never forget as long as I live. And after God began to deal with me, especially of this subject that I want to preach about, my mind went back to the elderly man. He was almost age of retirement. A few more years and it would have been the end. And he, he came to work one day and boy, he was rejoicing. And he was, he was happy. And I said to him, what are you so happy about? He said, well, it's finally over with. I said, what are you talking about finally over with? He said, I lived with that woman for 40 years. And he said, I told her goodbye once and for all. He said, I told her uh, years ago. He said, we hadn't been married, but just a short while. And he said, I told her, he said, when these children get old enough and get married and get on their own, he said, it'll be goodbye. I want nothing more to do with you. And he lived all of his life with someone he did not love. You know how tragic it is, how sad it is to, to live a life, to be in a church or to be in, in, a, in, a, in, in bonds, of, bonds of matrimony and never really being in love. You know, that's so sad, so sad. This is what causes people to, to walk away from God and the things of God because the true love of God is not there. But I, I really do believe, I, I'm a firm believer, that there is a place in God, that there is no return. I believe that there's a place like the Apostle Paul said, neither life nor death nor principalities or nothing. Amen, I could go on into that, but nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Nothing whatsoever. Neither life nor death, nothing. Angels, amen, nothing can separate me from the love of God. I want you to stay with me today for a while, would you? And uh, let's go into the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. In the book of Luke, amen, and in the book of Matthew, Matthew the 10th chapter. And uh, uh, I want to share just a few things. Let's, let's just, uh, I've already given you a two-week revival since I've been here. Amen. They say 30 minutes is the same as working eight hours. And I thought about it last night. I said, man, I worked a day and a half yesterday. And uh, I don't know how true it is, but I'll tell you what, I felt it. And I went to bed and I felt it. But uh Today is a new day. We need a fresh loaf of breath, bread from God. We need a fresh breath of the Spirit from God. 
Amen. You know, I've heard people say that I want to share with you this morning, and I've heard people say that, well, uh, uh, I've got a cross, you know. I, I, I just got an affliction, and that's the cross that I've got to bear. I've heard people that was in wheelchairs and, and people that were sick and afflicted, and they would, they would say that, well, that's my cross. You've heard it. I've heard it all my life. If God didn't heal somebody, they made an excuse to the fact that's my cross. And this was not the cross that Jesus was speaking about. This is not the cross that he was speaking about. In Matthew, the 10th chapter, amen. Follow with me, if you would, just for a while. Amen. Matthew, the 10th chapter, verses, starting with verse number 37. The Bible says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not up his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. This is the cross of rejection, my friend. This is the cross that we're different from the world. God has made us different. You say, well, let's, let's bring it a little closer. If you'll turn to the book of Luke, the Bible tells us in the 14th chapter, you'll find what I'm speaking about. In Luke, the 14th chapter, and starting with verse number 25. Amen, 14 and 25. And there was a great multitude with him, and he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother, almost a duplicate of that which we read, and wife and children and brother and sisters, yea, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We are an unusual people. We are a peculiar people. Amen. I don't want my wife flirting with the world. I don't want my wife flirting with another man. God does not want his church flirting with other things and things that are unpure and unclean in his eyes. Listen to me while I'm going to take you a little depth in the Holy Ghost here this morning. Amen. Too many of us, amen, when I first got into the church, there was a few things that I did not want to lie down, lay down. There were some things that I wanted to hold to and still claim to the beautiful things of God. Amen. It was a death. It was a low process of things. I remember when the Lord uh, filled my wife with the Holy Ghost. And I didn't have the Holy Ghost. And the devil began to deal with me. And he said these words to me. If the devil ever spoke to me, he spoke to me. He said, look what you've done. You've messed up your whole life. You know you can't live it. You know you can't get with it. You've been, in all, you've been around it all of your life. There's no way that you can get in this thing. And, uh, and I said, yeah, you're right, devil. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I've really, I've really messed up my life. Now my home's divided. And, uh, and as I began to think about it and began to uh, penetra penetrate my, my thoughts and my heart, I was miserable. I was wretched. Amen. And God began to deal with my wife as she began to pray and seek the face of God. And uh, I, remember, I remember the first days of our life in the church. I remember that her coming home. And, uh, and, and I'd want her to do some things that, that, that we'd always had done. And she didn't want to do that. And I said, woman, I said, you're, you're fanatic. You're crazy. You, you, you shouldn't feel like that. And uh, you shouldn't. Uh, and she wanted nothing to do with it. And I, I remember times that I would go to bed. And we'd go to bed together. And, and uh, all of a sudden, after a while, I would wake up. And I would, I would go into the living room. And I would catch her on her knees praying and seeking the face of God. And uh, I, I would, I, I've absolutely sat in an easy chair in my living room and looked at my watch and timed her for two solid hours of just a praying and talking in tongues and out into another world. And I wanted to wring her neck. I'll just tell you what I wanted to do. I wanted to say, woman, you are crazy. You have done got overboard in this thing. Come on now. 
You have just went beyond now. You went farther than that which you... I've never seen anybody do anything quite like this. And I want you to know it was time after time after time after time after time. She'd say, I'm going to church. You're going? I said, mm, I'm not going. And, uh, and so when she'd get ready to go to church, I said, just as soon as she's ready to go out the door, I said, hold on just a minute. I'll get my coat and my tie on and we'll go. And uh, I didn't want her to go by herself. And so I carried it to the house of God. My heart was hard. My heart was black, my friend. Amen. You can call my old pastor. He said, he was, they called me. He was an old hard nut to crack. Amen. And it was through prayers and loving and seeking the face of God that God began to break this old nature of this old individual. Amen. The fact was that she loved God more than she loved me, and I couldn't handle that. Amen. Because I couldn't understand that. But the Bible tells us the cross of rejection. The cross of rejection. I want you to know you're looking at a man today. Whether nobody goes to heaven, I'm gone. Whether my wife goes or she doesn't go, and I want her to go, but I'm a gone. Amen. I remember your pastor preaching one Sunday morning. I'll never forget, I wept like a baby in the church as he was preaching. He was preaching about separation. And he looked down at his wife. He said, I love her dearly. But he said, if there's two in the bed, one will be taken, the other left. He said, I'm a gone. She'll lay there. Oh, listen to me. Seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's time that the real church, amen, be the church that God wants it to be. Everybody say praise the Lord. You must beware of the things that you love more than you love the church. You must beware of it. Amen. And that's what God wants to talk to our hearts about here today. Amen. In the book of Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter. Amen. I'd like for you to turn with me there if you would for a few minutes. Somebody say praise the Lord. The 20th chapter. Starting with verse number 1. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seeth horses and chariots and people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be that when ye are come nigh unto the battle, and that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people and say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto the battle against your enemy. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not. Be not tremble, neither be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, he is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. And the officer shall speak unto the people, saying, What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? You need to mark this in your Bible. He had not dedicated. Let him go and return to his house. Lest he die in battle and another man dedicate it. He was telling the, the army to get ready to go out. The officer was said, Hey, you men, you ready to go to army? Are you ready to go fight? Are you ready to do what you need to do for God? Then he said, Hey, is there anybody here that's just built a brand new home? You've never had a chance to live in it. You've never had a chance to occupy it with your family. And I can see someone say, Yeah, I, I classify as that. And, and the officer said, You go on home. You're going home. Wait a minute. We got an army. We got to have an army to fight. He said, no, go on home. He said, you won't be worth anything. Your mind will not be there in, this, in warfare. It'll be at the house. You'll want to be at the house. You'll wonder who's taking care of the house. You'll wonder who's living in the house. He said, your heart's not in it, so you might as well go. 
Amen. There's some here today, you're wondering, I wonder what I can have for dinner. I wonder what I can eat for dinner. I wonder what I'm going to do tomorrow. I wonder what kind of things that I can do. We come to church and our heart is half in it, my friend. Amen. We need to come to the church, amen, say, God, do something with me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Let me get my heart in it. God wants our heart. Amen. Where our heart is, that's where our soul is at. Amen. The body, the mind, the spirit is where the soul is of the heart. And so he said, if you built a house and, uh, and, and the house, you've never been able to occupy it. Go on back home. And in, in verse number six, you need to mark this one. This is the second thing. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard and hath not yet eaten of it? Let him also go and return unto his house, lest he die in battle and another man eat of it. If you've got a vineyard out there and a garden and so forth. I remember there was some where I used to pastor. Amen. Uh, you may say, hey, preacher, you're a cruel preacher. I, it was canning time. It was time to pack the deep freeze. I told him, I said, if you stay home and pack your deep freeze, I pray to the God of heaven that the deep freeze will break amen the motor will stop running and you'll lose everything you got because you have put your deep freeze before God hallelujah he said here you got a vineyard and you've never partaken of it go on back we don't need you you will not be worth anything in battle because your heart will not be in war but your heart will be in the in the vineyard that which you have planted and you have not ate from the increase of it and the Bible tells us you need to mark this one verse number 7 also and what man is there that hath betrothed a wife and hath not taken her let him go and return unto his house lest he die in the battle and another man take her amen you that just got married I can see anybody here just got married and some man said yeah someone said yeah I just got married go on home go on back he said wait a minute we come out here to fight no no go on back you're no good you can't be any good how can you fight a battle when you're wondering man I just married that beautiful uh, blue eyed girl there's no way that I can or brown eyed girl there's no way that I can I can uh, I can uh, my mind's going to be there you know you know what I'm telling you this morning his mind was there and so the officer said go on back home you're not worth anything here you can't fight a battle amen it's like people coming to the altar and praying you know and somebody's looking over here and somebody looking over here and somebody over there amen nobody praying the prayer of faith amen come on now our hearts are a million miles away. We're wondering where little Johnny's at and where little Mary's at. And we wonder why so-and-so is not at the altar. Why is it that when a kin person falls to the altar, we break our neck to get there and pray until we, they have been endued by the power of God, but yet uh, let another person come. Amen. Somebody that you do not know and it seems like your heart's not like it needs to be and in it. Amen. But I'm here to tell you today it's time for the church to get their heart into it. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, praise the Lord. If you got a wife and you haven't had a chance to be with her for a while, go on home. There's no need being here because you won't be any good to us in battle. Amen. And the officer shall speak further unto the people. Verse number 8. And then I'm going out of here. And the officer shall speak further unto the people. And they shall say, what is there a man that is fearful and faint-hearted? Amen. We have got some people that are so afraid. You know, just, the old devil just, he goes, he's, a, he's after me. You know, please pray for me. Come on now. We get a little affliction of some kind. Oh, come on, pray. Preacher, pray. I'm about to lose my job. My boss is giving me a rough time. Pray him out. I've prayed him out. Hallelujah. I want you to know that God loves his church. He loves his people. We are the apple of his eye. Amen. God loves us. Amen. We are unusual people. We're peculiar people. A royal priesthood. A chosen generation, the Bible tells us. Amen. We're unusual people. He said, if you're fearful, unbelieving, go. 
And I can just say, man, said someone said, now is my chance to go on back. I've been afraid. Oh, I'm just so afraid. Amen. God looks for warriors. He looks for people that are not afraid. Amen. Praise the Lord. I remember when a woman came in my church. And, was you there that night, that gun? He's preaching in Kansas. And by the way, amen. Let me just clear something by the air since he said that. I'd hate to know I had a pastor nobody else wanted to hear. And when he goes off, amen, you say, thank God. Somebody else wants to hear him. He can share. My people say, you know, boy, we hate to see you go up. But when you come back, you're twice more fire in you than what you was when you left. Amen. Well, glory. You may not like just what I just said there. But uh, I'd hate to know that I had a pastor that nobody ever wanted. And all you have to say, hey, preacher, you need to get out here and take you a two-week vacation. In other words, get out of my hair for two weeks. Come on now. Amen. His ministry will be in demand like my ministry has been. And uh, you, you, you pray for him and let him go. Amen. And, and pray the blessings upon him. And, and try not to muzzle the ox. And, and try to, to uh, let, let God, amen, use him. All right, that's good enough. Amen. That's, that, Mark, that's, that's different. That's, that's, that's for you. Amen. And so he realized that these four natures of men, fearful, the unbelieving, amen, wasn't worth anything in his kingdom. They couldn't be a, they couldn't be a soldier. Couldn't fight like they needed to fight. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. In the book of Judges, turn there with me a few minutes. Amen. In the book of Judges, you know, this is the book that men did what they wanted to do in the sight uh, of their own eyes. They felt that was good. I want you to look with me. Open your Bible to Judges, the third chapter. If you're a visitor and you don't have a Bible, somebody show them where I'm reading here and read with me. Verse number one. Now there are nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them even as many of Israel had not known and warned of the Canaanite. Only the generation of the children of Israel might know to teach them to war. You know, when I first got the Holy Ghost, I thought, man, the skies ought to be different. They're still blue. I looked at everybody else and I said, you know, they, they, they look different. They act as some people act different, but, you know, nothing changed, you know. It was me that changed. I was looking for everything else to change. But nothing else changed. It was me that changed. Amen. And you know, I thought, man, I've got the Holy Ghost now. Man, everything's going to be wonderful. I mean, there will be no more problems, you know, or anything like that now. I mean, man, I mean, I've got the Holy Ghost now, so I don't have to worry about anything. That's when the devil started fighting. He told me I didn't have the Holy Ghost. After I got the Holy Ghost, I went home. The devil said, you don't have it. You made a fool of yourself. You know you didn't get it. Why, you're no different than what you ever was. You're exactly the same. He left these obstacles to come many times in our life to prove us whether that we really love God or not. It's easy to worship the Lord as long as you're on the mountaintop. I mean, you have no problem with that. I mean, we come like yesterday, and man, cry and weep and shout and run the aisles. Man, man, it's easy to live for God in an atmosphere like that. But when you go outside and, and every element that seems like that can be against you is against you. And everything that, you go outside and you got four flat tires. Amen. And you say, oh, I, I just don't think I'm coming back to church no longer, you know. People park their car outside and somebody puts a little nick in it. And they, I just, that church is the worst thing, you know. Some kid gets mad at another kid and mom and daddy's getting mad. I just don't believe I'm going back to church no more, you know. Now, what does, why does these things happen? I won't tell you what, the, the reason why they happen. Brother, I want you to know, since I got the Holy Ghost, it wasn't no Milky Way all the way. 
Brother, there was ups and downs and ups and downs. And there's sometimes there's some far down that it was hard to even look up. Amen. You couldn't, I couldn't even see the tops of things. I wondered, my, I have never seen things so hard. Amen. But when I got into his presence, there was fullness of joy. When I got into, when I finally got down as far as I could go, amen. I remember times that, that uh, I remember when I've always lived in beautiful, fine homes. I did when I lived in Ohio. I built them and, and, and occupied them, lived in them. And I remember after I, I first uh, went into the work of God and so forth, and, and, and the first house, it wasn't too nice. And, and then the next house I went to, and, and you flushed the commode, it'd come up in a tub. And there wasn't no backs on the seats of the, of the table. He knows all about it. He was there. He was a little fellow then. Amen. And, and, and there was an old Coke machine on the front door. No locks on the doors. There's no nothing of any kind. And I said, Lord, how far down are you going to have to take me? And then I finally, got a, I finally got breath. The pastor had moved out of the fabulous, beautiful home up in front. Winding driveway. Man, far places, bedrooms galore. Even an office. Can you imagine an office? Man, it's going to be so wonderful to live in this beautiful home up there. And two days before we got ready to move, it burnt to the ground. And we never moved in it. We had nothing to move in. Moved into another house. And the furnace underneath the house, it exploded and it burnt the whole bottom of the house. And the man came out, he said, he said I don't know who you are, but he said, it's, it's, it's impossible for a furnace to explode like it exploded and burnt the bottom underneath of the house and never caught the house on fire. I want you to know there was things that, there was proving ground, proving, 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 proving. But I want to tell you what, when I got into his presence, there was fullness of joy. When I lifted my hands and loved him, amen, I realized that everything was beautiful, amen. That that old devil was after me like he always had been after me, amen. These elements and so forth that was in Israel, these enemies, the Ammonites and all the uh, Pezzites and all the rest of the ites and so forth, amen, they were there to, to try to get that glory out of Israel. They were there to try to sap them of that. Amen. Listen, I'm going to take you somewhere this morning. There was These enemies came there to, to pull out that, you know. There's times that in your life, listen to me, if you love God and you live for God, there's going to be times in your life that there's going to be problems and there's going to be deep problems and there's going to be severe problems and the things that you love the dearest, amen, will turn against you. Mothers, he said, except you love me more than mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. Amen. You have no part with me. Amen. That means a separation. If daddy tells you something uh, contrary to the word of God or to the things of God. I went even against my own daddy. My brother may not know a whole lot about this. My, but when, I, when God began to deal with me to preach the word of God, he wanted me to know, hey, let's don't get too far out there now. Remember, you're married and you've got some children now. Let's don't, let's don't go overboard too far now. I mean, don't quit your job. I mean, hold on to security, you know. You've got two children. You've got, you got some mouths to feed. Amen. But when I, when I told him, I said, but God has sent me into Houston, Texas. I've got to go. And he just looked at me. He couldn't understand me. I said, but the Lord has spoke to me and I'm a going. Amen. And he looked at me and he was thrilled in the inside. Amen. But sometimes you've got to go beyond that which kinfolk tell you. 
Come on now. Sometimes somebody will lead you into the wrong direction. That's why he gave you the word of God, a lamp unto your feet, a pathway that you can follow, which is the word of God and the spirit of truth, amen, which is the Holy Ghost that will lead and guide you into all truth. The Holy Ghost is still powerful enough to lead you and to guide you into all truth, my friend. And if the Holy Ghost don't do it, honey, you don't have it, amen. These obstacles were there to see whether, do you really love me? I remember when, I, when I'd been in Dallas, Texas for a while and God began to bless me. And uh, I went into my office uh, and I, I, I began to pray. And the God of heaven spoke to me as I was laying in the floor weeping and crying and loving him. And he said these words to me, I'll never forget. Why dost thou love me? Do you love me because of the car that you drive? Do you love me because of the house that I give you? Do you love me because of the place here that you minister? Why is the fact that you love me? I, I wept and cried. I said, God, though you slay me, though you strip me, though you take everything away from me, thou will still be my God. I love you supremely above all. I love you more than my houses. I love you more than my automobile. I love you more than everything that I have. My mother, my father, my sisters, my brothers, my children. I want you to know when it gets to children, now you're getting close to blood now. Amen. But do you love him? God's going to come after a church that loves him supremely above all. Hallelujah. Come on now. I'm getting down to the nitty gritty now. <laughs> I'm telling you that God's coming after a peculiar people, an unusual people that are in love with him. I don't want my wife a flirting with another man. I don't want her to give sweet tidings. Amen. Or a wink or the blink of the eye. Amen. I want her to be for me and for me only. Amen. That's what God wants. He wants his church for him and him only. Amen. He's a jealous God. This word tells us that. He's a jealous God. Amen. And he will have no other gods before us. Amen. Amen. Everybody say praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. You see the bride, the bride is unusual. In the book of Genesis, the 23rd chapter, 23rd chapter, and uh, it begins to speak about Abraham, and you know the story well, but let me just share just a, a few pointers here at what God wants to deal with us. Amen. In the 23rd chapter, and uh, it came time that, uh, that, that Sarah Amen. It was time to uh, to get a bride for Isaac uh, in chapter number 24. I'm sorry, I said 23, I believe, but 24. And uh, and uh, the Bible said that he was old and, and well stricken in age. And the Lord blessed Abraham in all things. Everybody say, all things. A real child of God will be blessed in all things. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God blesses his children in all things. You can fall in a mud hole and come out with a new suit. Oh, I don't believe that preacher. I do. Amen. I've heard preachers tell me I had a pair of shoes and had a hole in the bottom of them. He said, preacher, don't ever throw them shoes away. He said, this one I was starting. I said, make sure you get in front of all the church and kneel where they, everybody can see that hole. And he said, I'll guarantee you, you'll get a new pair of shoes. I mean, the best way for, you know, for you to get something, you know, just poor mouth all the time. Just poor mouth, poor mouth, poor mouth. If I had a pastor that just poor mouth, poor mouth, poor mouth, I'd think, boy, I said, your God that you serve is not very rich. Hallelujah. 
I remember, I remember one time in my church, I needed, I needed $2,000, I needed $2,300 it was to pay some bills around the church. And I told the church I needed X number of dollars. And, uh, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, get on some of them people don't believe in paying tithes. I said, you're going to hell anyway. I said, put that check in the, in the offering t- $1,000. You remember that name? Amen. You see, our God will supply our needs according to his riches and glory. That thing that's on your boy's desk, I mean your pastor's desk back here, my boy's desk, amen, or who's ever, whatever, but that little thing said, God will supply my needs according to the riches. That come off my desk. I think I'll give it to him. He'll need it here. Amen. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. Just put them all there. Amen. Come on now. You're a real child of God. Just stack them up. Put your hand on. Put the Bible on. Say, wait a minute, old devil. I'm a child of God. You said you'd supply my needs according to your riches and glory. Now you might as well step aside. Old devil, I'm a, I'm, I'm a rebuking you in the name of Jesus. I claim victory. Hallelujah. And when you finally make up your mind that he will fight your battle, that God will be your that God will be your God, I want to tell you what, he'll come to your rescue. Mm. Amen. Abraham was getting old, and his son was getting to the age that he needed to get him a wife. You know, and you know, you know, some people let their children. Well, you know, he's he's uh, he's of age now. I mean, he has a choice of liberty to to go where he wants to go and to do what he wants to do. And you know, I mean, if this is what he wants to do, it's fine. You know. And, and it wasn't like that at my house. I told this young man where he'd go and where he couldn't go. And who he could date and who he couldn't date. I remember, let me use you just for a minute. I got to use you. I love his wife. She, she, you got a precious wife. But he was going with a little old girl, a little petite girl, about five foot tall, blue eyed. And uh, she's really prissy. You know. That might be a Texas coin word. I don't know. But uh, it's here too, okay. <laughs> and uh, and so they, they went together quite a little while. And I said, okay, son. I said, break it off. Break, 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 break it off. Off. But daddy, why? I said, forget it. She's not the woman. But daddy, he told his mother, if I remember right, he don't know I know this. I don't understand daddy. I'd give my right arm to go with that girl. Did you say that? <laughs> I told you I don't love your wife. I'm glad you married who you married. <laughs> and he couldn't understand. I want to ask you a question. Do you understand it now? He understands it now. Because he was going in the wrong direction. Amen. And Abraham said, hey, wait a minute, servant, come here. I got a job for you. Put your hand in my thigh. I want you to go to the right kind of people. I want you to find my son a wife. And he said, he could probably said to him, now, now, there's plenty of women around here. Now, why don't you marry this one over here? Go with this one and so forth. No, 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 no. There's, there's, there's got to be a, a certain one. There's got to be a certain one. And, I, and if I get into this, I'll be here a long time. But I, I just got to just, just hit it lightly. Amen. And, and so we find this old servant getting on his camels and so forth. And, and Abraham said, whoa, wait a minute. 
Before you go, I want to give you something. And he gives him a great big old box full of jewelry, you know, gold and silver and all these things and to take with him, you know, as, as, as gifts, you know. Like in, in the book of Corinthians, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Amen. And uh, knowledge and wisdom and, and the nine altogether. And I could go on, but anyway, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And, and, and a great big old treasure box here. Take this with you. And, uh, but now he didn't show the treasure box to this woman until she become very obedient. The Bible said she was a virgin. She was pure from any man. Amen. And she began to, I'm not going into the watering of the camels and so forth. Amen. She was a worker. She was an unusual woman. Amen. And finally when the servant got the woman, amen, uh, convinced that, that he had a master by the name of Abraham that was very rich and he had only one boy, only one, and all the riches of Abraham was in this boys amen and uh, and th and so he went back and and her father said what's well, whatever she wants to do amen and finally to make a long story short amen they get on their animals their camels and so forth and come back start to come back to where Isaac said and you know it's just like when she watered them he gave her a gift you see, when that's what church is all about. When we come to the to the church, God gives us the gift, G-I-F-T, of the Holy Ghost. And then as we begin to seek Him, He opens a treasure box, as you can read in, in, in 1 Corinthians, the gifts of the Spirit, G-I-F-T-S, amen, some more treasures of God that we need to help us. When we need wisdom, you know, a lot of people say, I got wisdom, you're lying. I got knowledge. You're lying. Amen. The world calls wisdom uh, safe dealings of things, being able to be wise for investments and so forth. But that's not what wisdom is. Wisdom is being wise in God. Amen. And knowing the wisdom of how to give an individual uh, a, 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 an answer to a situation. Amen. The book of knowledge, the gift of knowledge, is not the knowledge being able to read the Word of God and being uh, having a photographic mind. The knowledge is of God to let you know what is in the spirit world. Amen. If a man is not doing right, amen, God will let the man of God and others, amen, have the knowledge, amen, to reveal that sin, that secret in that individual's life. Amen. But I want you to know as he begins to come home, amen, I can just see that woman said, how much father is it? How much father is it? It reminds me of the church. When is he coming? When is he coming? When is he coming? And every once in a while, like he did yesterday, amen, God opens a treasure box and said, hey, look at my jewels. Let me feel you. Let me, let me show you my power. Let me show you my love. Let me give you something that's real. And he opens that treasure box. Amen. We begin to and look at them and say, my, isn't that wonderful? And he gives us strength for one more time, for another day, for, for another week. I want you, I can't understand why some people can get enough church on Sunday morning. It takes Sunday morning, Sunday night. Amen. I can preach all week long and still I'm hungry to come to the house of God to receive something from the Lord. Hallelujah. I love to come to the house of God where he opens a treasure box and I begin to look into it. Amen. He gives me strength and, and stuff to be able to hold on for another hour, for another day, for another week. Amen. And as long as that I may need it. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And oh, when Isaac saw his bride, man, I hate Bible said he was in the field and he looked up and man she threw her, her, her veil over her went running to him amen and he knew her as his wife amen and his father gave him all things now I'm not going to preach very long on this right here but I got, I got a deep one right here God his father Abraham gave him all things 
Now, you, have you, you haven't got that yet. You're sitting there too still. You ain't got that. I remember I was preaching one time. I said to my church, I said, open your Bible. Find your favorite verse of Scripture. Put your finger on it. And one woman, she was sick. She was afflicted. She had died. She, she, she got her favorite verse. I said, put your finger on it. And I said, now believe it. It's yours. And I looked back at her and she jumped up. She said, Woo! Mm, down the aisle she came, shouting, worshiping, praising God. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I got it on my verse. Listen to me. Every promise in his book is mine. I can just see old. I can just, let me just, let me just do a little acting. And uh, I can just see Isaac and his wife come over and say, Man, you're beautiful. She, she says, well, said, you're a pretty good-looking man yourself. And boy, I said, my, my daddy's kind of well-known around this place. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, look as far as you can look. Man, I can't see you much over that. Look like about 10 miles over or so. Uh, that's daddy's property. <laughs> look over this way. What do you see over here? Well, man, I can only just see just... Man, on just so far. Honey, I got something for you. Just as far as you can see, it's ours. And everything in that book is ours. <laughs> if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my faith, then shall they hear from heaven. Now let me let me, just put, let me just let me just bring in the charismatics just for a minute, and I'm not picking on them. I just love something that's real. You know the charismatics they get a gift. Larry Lee, you probably heard of him. He he pastors one of the largest churches uh, on in Rockwell County, which is uh, not too far from where I live. I think they seat something like five thousand people, and they come in and and, and and I call them the Church on the Sand, not the Church on the Rock. That's their name, Church on the Rock. I call them the Church on the Sand. That's exactly what they're built on. Now let me just let me just summarize what I'm trying to tell you to bring something in right here, right quick. The Bible said it came time for Abraham to die. Well, now he's going to give his inheritance out. Come on, boys, he said, Ishmael, come up here. Ishmael, come up here. I got something real good to give you. And uh, you see these here candles here. Uh, your aunt Sudi Bell uh, made these. These are pure gold. And uh, I want you to have these. And man, I can just say, oh, Ishmael says, man, that's, that's something. Man, that's great. And uh, he gave him a few little old tinker toys, you know. A few little, just little stuff that didn't mount a whole lot, you know, little keepsakes. But you read the Bible in the book of the Genesis, and he said, hey, Isaac, come up here. Isaac, come up here. And he said, thou art the seed. And I give you all things. <laughs> now listen to me just a minute. The church world down the street today, whoo, we feel God. Sure they do. They got a gift. But they don't have all things. But to the church, the church of the living God has got all things. When you need healing, the healing's there. You don't have to put on a fake phony of some kind. 
I was preaching in late in in in, uh, in out of Corpus, and uh, and there was a, a big write-up in the paper. One uh, well-known television evangelist preacher got caught. I thought, well, got caught for what, you know? And, and I got it in my little book, uh, my attaché case. And this preacher, he could he could say, uh, how long is this going? Well, glory. And he said, hey, you, uh, John Brown. I don't know what your name is. He said, uh, you got uh, stigmatism in the left eye. And uh, you got a heart murmur. And uh, God's going to heal you. What he did, he filled out a visitor's card before he came in. And uh, there was a man back in the back of the deal of the church back there. And he'd say, now, on the front row in such, such place, now this man's name is so-and-so, and he's got this ailment and disease. He had a little radio monitor in his ear. Peter Popoff was his name. There's another preacher in Dallas, Texas, Pastor Eagle's Nest, uh, uh, W.D. Grant, W.V. Grant's son. And he was doing the same thing, and some of the people in Dallas decided to say, hey, we're going to find this thing out. Let's just see what kind of God he's got anyway. And so they, they, they brought some instruments in there, and they, they snuck them in their pockets where nobody could see them. And they, and they got in there, and, and he started this old hogwash stuff. That's what they call it in Texas, hogwash. And, uh, and, uh, and so they, they began to turn in their frequencies, you know, sound waves, check your thing out. And all of a sudden they heard W.V. Grant's wife back her in the back telling him he had a, a speaker in his ear. You see these, the, 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 the world says this Holy Ghost is something else. I mean they like to, they, they receive a gift of it, a touch of it. I'm not saying they don't receive the, the even the, the real gift because the Bible said the real gift, the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. But to the church, to the real church, the one that's called out, the one by his name. Amen. I want you to know all things in the kingdom of God is yours and it's mine. Now that's the beautiful part. Amen. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. And when I need him, I tell you, I come in this thing. My old pastor's wife told me, she said, she said Brother Dave, she said, I've, I've seen times that I didn't know where the next dollar was coming from. I remember we had so many bills to pay, and she said, I counted all the money, it was $20 short. And she said, and I prayed. And she said, and I counted again, it was $20 short. And she said, and I prayed again, and it was $20 short. And she said, now God of heaven, I'm your servant, Lord, and we are short $20. We need some more money. God, some way, somehow, God, we got to have the money to pay the bills. We want to do what's right, God. Help us, Lord. And she said, I counted the money, and it was exactly the money that I needed. Where did it come from? Honey, I don't know where it come from, but I know she didn't lie. Amen. It came from the Holy Ghost. Amen. God can make a $20 bill. He can make a $100 bill. He can do anything because he's God. You know, the beautiful part about being in the real church is that everything in this book is for the church the real church hallelujah alright let's go a little farther won't be no 11.30 lunch today hallelujah bible tells us that he gave all things unto Isaac amen but unto Ishmael he gave gifts amen I want you to know that all along the way how beautiful it is the encouragement of God amen that we can receive from the Lord Amen. The encouragement that God can give us through His Word and through the spiritual prayer meetings and seeking the face of God. The Bible said in the book of Luke, let's go back into the New Testament for a while. 
and I want to use a f very familiar verses of scripture in verse number four, chapter number 14 and starting with verse number 16 and then he said unto him he made a great a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready and they without one, one, one consent began to make excuse the first said I have bought a piece of ground and I have needs to go see it now this is supper time it's dark how can you see the, the land at dark time I pray they have me excused well I could you know I, I, I really could be but you know I, I really could uh, I know God really wants to but you know uh, excuses excuses we always like to make excuses why that we're not what we need to be or not do not receive what we need to receive from the Lord amen and the Bible says in verse number 17 and he sent his servant at supper time and said unto them amen and they began to make an excuse that I bought a piece of ground verse number 19 and another said I bought a yoke of five yoke of oxen and I've got to go prove them I pray thee have me excused another said man I've married a wife I can't do that I can't go to church amen I, I've preached at revivals and revivals was continued and uh, somebody had planned a wedding oh I'll tell you what the best thing to do is just cancel revival and let's have wedding I'll never forget that old preacher man I preached that night Holy Ghost fell and about 11 o'clock he said okay it's time to have a wedding now everybody go sit down they tried to straighten their hair and they had wedding service at 11 o'clock Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Well, you know, I've got I've, I've had people in my church that had got married and came to church. And I've had others that said, no, we, we, you know, and I, I can understand that too. Amen. You do what you want to do. I've always said that. You, you do what you be what you want to be and you do what you really want to do. And without one, they begin to make excuse, you know. Amen. And so they began one excuse after the other. They said, Man, I can't do that. It was dark time. Amen. Well, I can't pray. I can't sing. I'm not used to that. Praying has always been against the flesh, the appetite of the flesh. The flesh never wants to pray. The flesh never wants to fast. You, 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 you set you a fast day. And if you that work, I'll guarantee you somebody will come up and buy you a Coke, give you a sandwich, offer you a donut, do something. And you, and you hate to say, I'm fasting today, you know. Do you realize that there, there's enemies of Lucifer, of, of hell that fast every week? There's the church of Satan that actually fasts every week. One of our ministers was sitting on an airplane coming from California a while back. And this man sitting beside of him was not eating. And he said, oh, I perceive that thou art a Christian. He said, no. He said, I, I, I worship the devil. I, I go to the Satan's church, satanic powers. He said, this is my fast day. Fast day? What are you fasting for? He said, our, our, our organization is fasting that every marriage in America that could be broke up can be broken up. And every child become wild and leave its parents. We are fasting and praying for that. Come on now, I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It, it, there are some people, amen, that are so sincere. 
Hallelujah. That they, 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 when they have the Spirit come upon them and the church is rocking themselves to sleep, making excuses why they can't be what they need to be. We make excuses. Well, uh, uh, the church can't grow. We've been without a pastor. Well, the church can't grow because we don't have a singing group. The church can't grow because of this, or the church cannot grow besides of that. We make excuses. Amen. We make excuses. I remember when I first got into the church, I didn't have a, a suit of clothes, a nice suit of clothes. I don't think I even owned a suit of clothes back then. And, uh, and, and Easter was coming up. And I always knew as a young child that Easter was like a fashion parade, amen, on, in New York City, going down the, the main thoroughfare there. That's what the Pentecostal church always was when I was a child growing Everybody wore them a new bonnet or a hat and a new pair of white shoes. Dad always bought him a new straw hat every year, hoping the wind wouldn't blow where it wouldn't blow it off. And he'd get out his old suit, maybe that he'd wear once a year on, on, on Easter. And we'd all go to, and, and we'd only have usually one suit a year, and he bought a new suit on Easter. And I told my wife, I said, I'm not going to church today. She said, why? I said, because it's nothing but a fashion parade. And I said, I know everybody's going to have a new clothes and, and, and wear and so forth. And to this very day, I mean, you, he can do whatever he wants to do. I tell my people, if you've got anything new, you better not wear it on Easter. You wear your dungarees if you want to, but you don't wear no, don't spruce it up on Easter. Don't esteem one day higher than another day. Amen. We make excuses. And that was my excuse the devil used to get me out of the church that day. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. There's excuses, the reason why we can't do this or we can't pray or we can't do the other. Beware of that second love. Amen. And uh, we worry constantly about, oh, I have nothing to leave my children. And we begin to make exceptions and so forth. Amen. We make exceptions that, man, uh, we've got to leave them an inheritance. Amen. I, I, I want to leave my, my children a beautiful inheritance of Calvary. What the church is all about. That's what I want to leave them. Amen. I want to leave them in a real experience of something that's real. My greatest heritage is the fact, amen, that, that the parents, amen, that we had loved God. Amen. That, that sought after God. Amen. The greatest heritage that you could ever give a child is the fact is the church that you love God. If they can say, you, my mother, my father, they love God. They worship God. Amen. There was no exceptions. Amen. I could go into a lot of stories here, but I won't. I'm trying to save a little time. Amen. We make excuses of it. Beware of that second love. Amen. It's going to send you to hell, my friend. There was a, let me just, there was a, there was a minister friend of mine. I went to Bible school with him. And he had, he had one of the most slickest tongues. How are you, Sister Davis? So good to see you. My wife said, I hate that man. You don't hate him, honey. He's a preacher. You look so sweet today. What kind of perfume you got on? He was making love. Come on now. I was preaching for him one time. Sad to say he was a Texas preacher. I was preaching for him one time, and his wife got him real mad. He walked out. I said, come on, let's get out of here. Okay got in the car and he said that woman said if I wasn't a preacher I wouldn't live with her overnight 
I should. Mm -mm. Uh oh. And sure enough, several years went by, but there was a little old Miss Prissy come walking by. He said, "Why are you looking good today? Man, that's a pretty dress you got on. Oh, I'm glad you noticed. Come on now. I'm talking about second love now." You know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, amen, that God hears us and He and He knows our spirit. I don't want my eyes to be cast on something too long. They always told me the first look you can't help, but the second look is yours. You had it. Come on now. I'm preaching like the old timers used to preach. The first look is yours. You can't help that one, but the second look is yours, boy. It's yours. You're going to live with that second one. And the third one and the fourth one. And from then on, you're going to live with that one. The love, the second love. Now, what am I talking about is the church. I believe too many times that the church has become the second love. Not the first love, but the second love. If it's convenient, I go. If I feel good, I'll go. If I feel like worshiping, I'll worship. If I don't feel like worshiping, I won't worship. I want to tell you what. The devil's going to make you sick every time you go to church. Before I got the Holy Ghost, this was my favorite logo. I mean, this was to my wife. And I said, honey, now, I'm sick today. And I'm sure sick tonight. And if I don't go to the altar, you'll know that I'm sick. And sure enough, I was sick. But as soon as church was over, man, I could eat like a horse. Felt great. Man, felt wonderful. But as long as I was in that church, I was sick. All the way to the church, into the church. And I said, you know, I said, if that preacher preaches just certain thing now, now, you know, I, if he were, I, I'm, I'm praying for that conviction to hit me, you know, where I just squall like a baby, you know, and run that aisle, and, and uh, man, uh, I'm looking for that special force. Like this, like this preacher uh, one time was preaching. This is a true story. And a visitor came to the church, and he sat all by himself. And the altar call was given, and the visitor just stood, you know, with everybody else. And the visitor came down and, uh, and came down and prayed. And after church was over, he asked the pastor, he said, Pastor, he said, who was that man that was standing beside me? He said, there wasn't nobody. Oh, come on. He said, there had to be somebody. Because when you gave that altar call, he said, I looked up there. And he said, and I, I, I really wanted to pray, but he said, uh, nobody touched me or nothing. He said, and I just stood there. And all of a sudden, he said, somebody kicked me right in the seat of the britches. Kicked me out in the aisle. And he said, and, I, and, and he said, that man said, go on. And he kicked me down to the altar. He said, I want to know who that man is. He said, I want to shake his hand. He said, he's the best friend I ever had. Who is he? Where is he? He said, sir, there was nobody around you. And you know, it was the unseen guest that came in. He said, get to that altar. Kicked him right in the seat of the britches, out in the middle of the aisle. Kicked him down there. You see, I don't believe that. That's the reason why things like that don't happen. Come on now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Beware of that second love, making excuses. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's, 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 hit, a, let's hit a touchy situation. Holiness. I just don't believe like a lot of that holiness. And, you know, that preacher can really just, uh, you know, just, uh, he just went overboard in this thing. That's what I told my wife. I said, come on, woman, get your head on straight anyway. 
She told me, she said, my clothes. She said, I don't have the right kind of clothes. I said, who told you that? She said, nobody. I, she said, I just looked around and I realized I had the wrong clothes on. She said, I need a new wardrobe. I said, you ain't pulling that on me. I just bought you a new wardrobe before you got the Holy Ghost. She said, but honey, I need something to cover up my nakedness. She said, I'm not dressed like the rest of them are. Come on now. Where is the old time spirit of God that leads you? The Bible said the beauty of holiness. This is not a made man, a man-made religion or a doctrine or an ism, a schism of some kind. Amen. I'm going to tell you what my old pastor said. The closer to God you get, the more clothes you put on. And the farther away from God you get, amen, the more clothes you take off. Honey, we need a, a real revelation of the scriptures. Amen. To open our eyes to see God where we need to be in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm going to preach to you for a while. Hallelujah. We've got this, this old story. I don't believe that, honey. Amen. This doctrine I got didn't come from hell, my friend. It came from on my knees praying and seeking the face of God. And the Bible said the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. Honey, this is not a man-made religion. This is a God-sent religion. Amen. That's right. Mm. Well, I'll live like I want to. Honey, you ain't going to be the bride of Christ living like you want to. My wife says, I need a new dress. I said, you don't need any. Yeah, you do. She said, I want one. I want you to go with me. Now, what does she want me to go with her for? Number one, if she can sweet talk me good enough, she knows I'll buy her too. And maybe three. And this is the way they do it. They go in, they put one on out, and they come out and say, How do I look in this, honey? I don't like it. Does she say to me, Tough luck, boy. I like it, I'm wearing it. You can learn to love it or leave it. Like my daddy used to do. If he didn't like something, he just powdered about it. I'll never forget. I don't like to tell stuff like this. I'm going to tell this one now. I remember mother bought a new living room suit and brought it in. Dad got hot because it was there. And he sat in a straight back chair for months. Wouldn't sit on it. <laughs> I remember, boy, he liked to got caught one time. Old Brother Linger's daddy come over to our house and... and and they all sit down, you know, and Dad was in a kind of big predicament. He <laughs> what he's going to do. Man, he reached in the dining room right quick and got him a straight back chair and, you know, and run it over in the corner and sit down on it, you know. He wouldn't have to sit on the couch, pouting, you know. Come on, that's what some of us do. Like my old grandma used to do. If something didn't go right, she'd take it lower lip and go, pout. <laughs> I just don't like that. That preacher doesn't just preach to me. I just don't. I just don't. I'm just going to pout. I see him come to my church. Boy, I nail their hat when they come too. That may not be a good expression up here, but it sure is down there. My wife walks out with a big old flashy red dress of some kind. I said, Come on back. Then she'll, what she's done, she's picked all these here little cheap dresses, you know. Because the good ones always look good, and the cheap ones always look bad. 
And then she'll bring out a real expensive. She said, I kind of like this one. What do you think about it? I said, well, that one looks real good on you. How much is that one? And, and uh, nah, uh, it sure fits good. Well, it looks good on you. you know. And, uh, well, we better not spend that much money on one. Let's go try another one. That's how women do it. And she goes and gets another cheap one and puts it on. It just don't look as good as that other one did. And finally, I've come to the conclusion, you know, it's, it's worth a little bit more and pay a little bit more to make her look a little better in that good dress, you know. And then first thing you know, I'm saying, she said, but you know, really, I need two dresses. Uh, you know, uh, we're going somewhere, and, and, you know, I hate to wear the same one all the time. I said, but honey, you got a whole closet full, you know. And But, you know, uh, well, every woman likes to have a new dress, you know. And so she'll, she'll, she'll try on a pair of shoes. I said, oh, ugly. Man, where'd it come from? Hong Kong somewhere? Ugly. Ugly looking shoes. Take them things off. Put something else on. You know, if she didn't love me, she'd say, who are you tell me what to do? Come on now, I'm trying to bring a point in. Who are you tell me what to do? I'll wear what I want to, dress what like I want to, act like I want to, and do what I want to. Who are you tell me? But because she loves me, she'd say, which color looks best on me, do you think? This blue one or this gray one? Or what, how do you, you know, what do you want? Uh, you like my hair in a knot, in a, in a biscuit, or what? I like my hair. <laughs> I'm getting that place like I was yesterday. I'm having fun now. <laughs> oh, get that granny knot out of the back of your head, honey. I mean, just put it up a little different, you know. Get somebody. But, you know, it costs me a little money. To get She don't pay to get her hair fixed. My daughter fixes her hair. And... Uh, and she would say, before she could fix her hair, uh, you know, I, I like to get my hair fixed, but it, it only cost, uh, it cost X number of dollars, five, six dollars, seven dollars, a lot of money back then. And, and I said, well, uh, uh, go ahead, it'd be okay, better than that granny not, you know, go on. Uh, oh, get fixed, you know. And, and, and she says, oh, oh, thank you, you know. Man, you, you look beautiful, woman. She's not trying to look good for somebody else, she's trying to look good for me. Come on now. We're not trying to look good because that we're, we go to the first life, Christian life center. I want you to know that we dress different, we act different, and we look different because we go to Christian life center. No. You act different and you look different and you are different because you are the bride of Him and you want to please Him. Come on now, you want to please Him. I tell my church there's some things that you need to do. You need to love what God loves. You need to hate what God hates. There's some abominations unto the Lord and you need to look out the word abomination. There's about 20 abominations unto the Lord. God hates a lying tongue. Amen. He hates all of, he hates even a proud look. Amen. You need to look some of the things about abomination and what God hates. I tell my church, you better love what God loves and you better love him dearly and you better hate what God hates. And you that got some lost loved ones, you better hate sin. You better hate adultery and feminine. Amen. Praise the Lord. I catch it in my young people, my church, being a feminine. I say, hey, boy, get pumped some iron. Do something. Get that speech. Get that list out of your speech. You be a man. Kick your shoulders back and be a man. Amen. We don't need no infeminate. Amen. We don't need no queers and homosexuals in the church. Amen. What we need is a holy church. We need a church like God wants it to be. Come on. We need to dress like he wants us to dress. We need to act like he wants us to act. Amen. We should not get offended at what a preacher preaches. Amen. As long as he's in the book, get in the book and love it. Amen. You see, he's been to Calvary and you haven't. 
And that's the reason why it offends you. Amen. But oh, but when you love him with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength, it doesn't matter any longer, honey. Amen. A dead man don't move. I remember when my daddy died, they was discussing what kind of suit to put on him. Should we put a gray or blue or brown? What color suit should we put on him? And dad could have said, blue. No. We could have put him in a khaki uniform. And he laid there. Dead. And that's what the real church, when the real church becomes dead to the things of this world. Amen. And they love him supremely above all. Amen. They don't become offended over things. Amen. They love the word of God. They love the things of God. Amen. The preacher cannot preach too hard. He cannot get too, uh, too plain. Amen. Praise the Lord. You see, we're looking for excuses. I don't like that church because he won't let me do this or he won't let me do that. Honey, you won't like this church of the real God anywhere you go if you don't like the preaching of the word of God. Amen. Come on, now I'm new here, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, there's a place in God, amen. When I first got the Holy Ghost, I said, how dare that preacher tell me I can't do this or I can't go there or I can't do this, amen. But when I prayed through to the real Holy Ghost, amen, my soul come under subjection to him. I want you to know, amen, I was willing to get anything I could get. I wanted it, my friend. I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it. Listen to me tonight, this morning for a few minutes. We have... A double love. We have a second love. That's right. We come when it's convenient. We love when it's convenient. We worship when it's convenient. We do everything when it's convenient. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, it's a sad thing. We've got seven and a half acres where I pastor. Lots of yard. And and some of them boys, 15, 16 years old, they'll come up and say, Brother Davis, uh, would you let me please mow the yard I want to do it where the others wouldn't even want to dirty their hands to try to do a little work around the house of God amen beware of that second love amen amen the Bible tells us amen in the book of I'm, 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 I'm trying to hurry amen give me a few more minutes in the book of Matthew the 17th chapter I'm trying to bring it to a close Matthew 17 Matthew 17, stay with me. I want to bring some points here you'll never forget. In the 17th chapter, verse number 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they received tribute money, came to Peter and said, Doth your master pay tribute? He said, Yes. And when he was come to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings, who do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or strangers? Peter said unto him of strangers. Jesus said unto him, Then art thy children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast a hook, and take it up. The feast that the first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, and take it, and give it unto them, for me and for thee. Why did he ask, why did Simon Peter have this opportunity, this job? Come on now. Let me preach to you. When I got in the church, let's see, now I don't want to get too far in this thing. Now I better, I better take these things I don't use no more and I better hide them back over here. Just in case I might need them. You know, it's foolish to 
threw all this stuff away and had to go buy it again, you know. Come on now. Well, Simon Peter, God called him to be a preacher. And back in his little old coat, back over there, back side he had a little old fish hook. Just in case. Just in case that, that you know, in case I got to give up this preaching business, I can go back in the fishing business. Just in case. You know what God wants us to do? I remember when I left the state of Ohio, my mama said, six months and you'll be back. I said, I ain't coming back. I said, I'm burning every bridge, selling everything, getting rid of everything I can get it rid of. I said, I'll never be back. Only to visit. So I'll never be back. She said, that's what they all say. I said, mm-hmm. I burned everything behind me, tore it all up, got rid of it. Amen. And uh, I didn't want to be able to say, you know, man, I had a pretty nice round house up there. I sure miss mom and dad and brother and all of them. I sure, you know, just in case I could go back, you know. My mama told me later, she said, you just bullheaded. That's why you didn't come back. I got rid of all of it. When I got into the church, I went home and I began to clean up some stuff. Won't need this any longer. Won't need this any longer. My friends said, hey, we won't be able to. I said, yeah, you're right. Bye. I built the card part and all that stuff. Won't need it no more. You done went crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, whatever you want to call it. That's really what it is. I just fell in love with him and I decided to love the Lord. Well, Simon Peter, he's the first one said, I'll get that fish, Lord, I'll get him. And man, he hooked, unhooked that old fish hook from his from his old coat there. And man, he had his head on. And man, down to the seaside he went and he went fishing it on and caught him a big old fish. And of course the old coin was in the fish's mouth. And, and uh, man, everything was, it was going fine. Amen. And uh, the Bible tells us, amen, in Matthew uh, the 26th chapter Matthew 26 turn with me turn with me I want you I want to show you a few things Matthew 26 and 69 26 and 69 verse number 69 starting now Peter sat without the palace and the damsel came unto him saying thou art was with Jesus of Galilee but he denied him before them all saying I know not what thou sayest and when he was gone out of the porch another maid saw him and said unto them, and said unto them that you were there. This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied him with an oh curse now. I do not know the man. And after a while came him to him that stood by him and said, Peter, surely thou art all one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. And then he began to curse and he began to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the old cock began to crow. Hey man, I want you to know that old, that old, that old uh, rooster began to just burp and burp. And, and old Simon Peter said, Oh, that's what the Lord said that would happen to me. All right, now let's bring it this way. I've pastored for, I've pastored now for almost 20 years. And I just under your feet and get rid of it once and for all and, and just die. You know what the reason why some people have such a hard time living for God? Listen to me. I remember as an old dog had a had a bad place in his tail. My son-in-law said uh, 
I got to take him to a vet and get this tail cut off. I said, oh, I said, no, he's wasting all the money. I said, I got an axe out in my truck. I said, uh, we'll just take him over a little log here and take the axe and whack it off. And uh, he said, would you do that? I said, sure, sure, I'll do it. And uh, so this is the way I started cutting the dog's tail off. I went just about that far from the end. I went whack. And uh, hey, man, he just jumped and hollered, and I went about another inch up and went whack. Come on, laugh. You can laugh. You know I didn't do it that way. <laughs> Come on now. That's the way some of you live for God. I believe I'll just give just a little bit. I believe I'll go just a little way. Not much now. I don't want to get too involved in this thing now. And preacher, uh, you know, I believe I'll just cut back, you know, just a little bit now. You tell women to wear their dresses here, amen, and all of a sudden, you, and they've been up way up here somewhere, and then they'll say, well, I'm, I'm going to try uh, add down an inch, you know. <laughs> well, I'm doing better. That's what the church said. I'm doing better. I'm not like I was, but I'm doing better. I'm preaching to you now. I said to him, I said, I said, let's lay that old dog. And I said, hold his tail straight. Man, he yelled straight, and I just took the old axe on. Made him a stub-nosed tail dog. Man, I mean, the blood just, man, just went everywhere and so forth. What do you think the veterinary does? Same thing. And, you know, it, it, always, it always amazes me. I remember a story I read one time 20 years ago. This old boy was a man of God. And every time he'd go in the store and he'd, he'd go to a restaurant, he'd say, fix me a hamburger full of, full of deluxe. He said, you know, put everything you can get on it. And he'd, he'd get his change out of his pocket and he said, let's see, just happened to have some change. He said, yeah, I got just enough to pay for it. You know, throws his money down. And he said he looked over there and there was an old boy over there just a cussing and mad, using the Lord's name in vain. He said, give me a T-bone steak. He said, fix it up. He said, fix it this condition, you know, medium rare, whatever. Want it just right, pink in the inside. Don't make it too bloody and not enough, you know, and so forth. And, and make sure you got a good side on the T side. You know, T stands for Texas, you know. And uh, <laughs> let's uh, make it a bigger now, not a little one now. Make it real good now. And, uh, and the old boy just kept on a cursing. This wasn't right and this wasn't right and the other. And, and that old boy, that old Pentecostal person sitting over eating that hamburger. And he said, why, God, do I have to eat a hamburger? And that sinner don't even love you. Never even turn thanks over it. He's eating a steak. Why should we come in and eat a McDonald in the church? Come on now. Why should we eat a little 10 cent hamburger somewhere when we can come into the real house of God and all the riches of God is ours? You know why? Come on now, I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to tell you why. Because you hid some stuff back under here. Just in case that, you know, just in case this preacher happens to leave somewhere, somebody else will come in and tell us something else. We just hide them right back there I mean it'll blow off wind will blow off you know it'll all settle down the dust will settle we just hide these things back here and, and uh, I'll never forget one time I'll never forget one time me and my wife we just got in the church Holy Ghost we was in something like Kmart it would be at Gibson's down there which it was we was at the checkout counter my wife had some face powder there now this I don't I I'm, I'm not trying to preach convictions now. I'm just telling you what happened, a story. She had some face powder there. And about that time, the preacher came in. She went, 
And she looked at me, and she wouldn't take it on back. And, but she, you know, she was people behind us and so forth. And the, and the, and the pastor didn't see anything. He didn't know what we'd bought. And my wife went up, she said, uh, Brother Kraft said, I, I'm sorry. She said, I, 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 I was there at the checkout counter, and I had this stuff there. And she said, man, I don't know what made me buy it, but I bought it. And he said, Sister Davis said, I didn't know you had anything. She said, I, didn't, I wasn't looking what she was trying to buy. I didn't know anything about it. And the Lord was telling her, I said, you don't need that stuff. Come on now. I'm not preaching that as, I mean, you got a pastor to take care of all this stuff. But I'm telling you that that's, what, that's the reason why we can't get what we need to get from God. We, we've got other loves. Come on now. We've got, you know, it used to be in the old churches, and used to, every old church used to have a snuff dipper in them. I've dealt with them, seen them, you know. That's them kind of go. A snuff under the bottom lip. We got little pets and things we don't want to give up. I'll never forget when I got married. Man, man, old Gil Stephenson, some of the others come up and say, Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. He said, hey, I heard you got married. I said, yeah, sure did. He said, well, he said, sorry, boy. He said, you won't be able to go with us any longer. I said, that's fine. I didn't want to go with you anyway. I'm married now. I didn't want to go with him. What business would I have of going with him? I'd found me a new love. I found me somebody I loved. I didn't want to fall, fall in some kind of secondary situation of some kind. Come on now, church. Amen. I'm trying to hurry. Amen. Oh, Simon Peter said, you know, I better keep this official just in case, you know. And you know what did it cost him? It cost him to deny the Lord. And the Bible said when he thought about what the Lord said, he went out and he wept bitterly. He wept so bitterly. Amen. Let's go a little farther. We have our little, our isms and schisms and so forth. Amen. In, uh, in, uh, in John the 21st chapter, amen. Let's see what it has to say. 21st chapter of the book of St. John. I'm hurrying. It's, I know it's 12 o'clock. I know your guts are rattling. Amen. John 21. <laughs> amen. Verse number 1 through 3. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples of Sea Tobias, and the wise showed him, himself. They were together Simon, Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said unto them, I go fishing, man. The Lord's gone. I'm going fishing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching against fishing now. <laughs> well, pastor's out of town. <laughs> I don't have to go to church, you know. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> Prayer meeting? <laughs> He's probably not praying anyway, so I just... He's gone, you know. Disciples said, oh, Simon Peter, he kind of spoke to me. I said, hey, boys, the Lord's gone. Let's go fishing. I got a, I got a, I got a hook. Just happen to have an extra one for you boys too now if you want to go. You know. I, I hear they're biting out there, you know. That's like some of us, you know, we got our mind, our heart in the world, you know. Something's playing out there. Something's going on out there, you know. I just wonder what's really going on down there and so forth instead of the working and loving for God. Come on now, I'm preaching to you. When the Lord was gone, Simon Peter said, come on boys, let's go fishing. Man, I got some fish hooks. He said, ah, man, he was unstable. Amen. Let me share something. A double-minded person is unstable in all ways. Amen. If you believe this this day and believe something else another day, you're unstable, my friend. If you live like the Romans do while you're in Rome, you're a sinner, my friend. You are what you are on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day of the week. 
You don't have these little pet peeves and so forth. I was preaching in, in, in one part of Texas one time, and I preached, I took my text, God don't want no pets. Park your pets and time on the outside. Your little pet peeves and so forth, time out there. They don't belong in the house of God. He lost half his church that night. But God filled it of people that would love him and worship him. Hallelujah. Simon Peter, hey man, he, he had a problem and he couldn't, he couldn't keep it because his heart was half in, half out, half in, half out, half in, half out, half in, half out. I'm coming to a close now. Half in and half out, half in, half out. Hey man, unstable, unstable. Up one day, down the next. You know, I've heard people say, how can you have a smile on your face every day? Look at them, say, pray, love God. Don't you ever have any bad days? Honey, I had bad days when I was in the world. And you have bad days when you're in the church. But why turn your head against God, the one who loves you and the one who died for you? Come on now. I can see when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one mind, one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting and appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire. Man, I can just see them up there just a hooping and a holler. And I can just see, I'm talking about, if you've never been in a real fire, Holy Ghost service, I have been in apostolic services, and I lie not, and your son been, he's seen a lot of this. I've seen them stack three deep in the front, not knowing where they's at and where they's going in the Holy Ghost. I've seen them just drag them out by the carloads and put them in the cars, not knowing where they was at. I'm talking about the real Holy Ghost. That kind of reminds me of the early years of Pentecost. He said, well, I never was brought in under that. Well, why don't you get under it now? I'm telling you. This, this young man here will teach you and lead you into that depth of the Holy Ghost. I can just see old Simon Peter. Man, I mean, they was, man, they was just drunk, just fall. You ever been drunk on the Holy Ghost? I mean, mostly been drunk on wine or something, but not the Holy Ghost. I've been so drunk I couldn't see nothing. Amen. I've seen the time that I, in my own church and places, I've just roll all over the floor just roll and someone said look at that preacher losing all his dignity oh he's went crazy roll all over the place how long has it been since you've rolled come on now we're Pentecost we got hooks in our garments I'm preaching to you from my heart we got hooks in our garments we just want to come back on something I can see him on the day of Pentecost. Man, the Holy Ghost is falling. People really getting the Holy Ghost, 120 of them. Amen. And old Simon Peter standing up there and the Bible said, These are not drunk as you suppose, being but the third hour of the day. But this was that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God. But you know, before Peter began to preach, listen to me, and I don't want you to ever forget it. Just before he started to preach after he got the Holy Ghost, and the Bible said he stood up with the eleven, and he started to stand up and he said, wait a minute, wait just a minute. Find that fish hook. There you are. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, shut up, my Get out. Oh, you can't find him fishing anymore. Oh, 
You get the real marriage of God. You'll want to look like he wants you to look. You'll act like he wants you to act. You'll get rid of them little isms and schisms and fish hooks that's on your body holding your weights down. You got some weights on you. I'm a preaching to some people got some weights on you. You better shuck them. You better get them out. They're going to send your soul to hell, my friend. That preacher's narrow-minded, am I? One heaven, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I'm not a maniac and I'm not a freak and I'm not an unlearned individual. Amen. But God sent me to Calvary and he showed me what real love was all about. And when a man preached to me, I said, hey, I want it. I got to have it. Amen. I got rid of my hooks. I got rid of my filth. I got rid of my clothes that wasn't right. I, I went home, cleaned the house, towed it away. Got rid of everything that was unlike God. Amen. I said, I'm coming back. I'm going to have revival in my soul. I'm not emotional. Honey, I was a dry, salt-off log like a lot of people are until I got the hooks out of my pocket. But brother, when you get them out, you know, it's so much easier to, to love God without weights I've seen a time, and I want you to stand. I've seen a time when on the way to the church, the devil would get a hold of me in some way, and I'd make a sharp remark to my lovely wife. The devil always has a way of doing that. And I could say, I don't care what you think, I'm right. You're wrong. But you can ask her this morning. But there's never been one time I ever tried to ever walk into the sanctuary or behind that sacred desk. And I never said, Honey, I'm wrong. Forgive me. I will not walk to that pulpit with a spirit such as I have. I will not. I will not walk into the sanctuary with dirty hands. Bible said lift up holy hands I want clean hands when he tells me he says son you don't look right okay how you want me to look comb your hair this way yes sir this way you want it this way no matter I remember when my pastor told me he said now you're a preacher brother Davis he said you gotta get rid of that crew cut and start wearing your hair long he said be so much better for you I said yes sir he'll grow it'll be the last crew cut I'll ever have and I'm not against crew cuts don't get me wrong but just because he looked and he saw something that needed to be changed I wanted it I wanted it I don't want to be lost backslider you're miserable you're a wretched you got two loves. You got a divided heart. You got a divided soul. Why don't you come this morning and say, God, I'm tired. Play softly if you would. I'm tired of these two loves. I'm going to love you, Lord. You're looking at one of the most bullheadedest men. You can ask my brother. Short-tempered with a short fuse.
unstable, filthy, ungodly man. But when that preacher called and the Lord said, Come, I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. Why is it so hard for some Pentecostal people to give up some things that will send their soul to hell? Why is it so hard for you to have a prayer meeting to wash out? If you'd have heard me pray last night, you'd have heard these words, Oh God, forgive me, I'm sorry God. What'd you do? I didn't do nothing. I just wanted to make sure that the sheet and the, and the, sl the slate was clean. That my slate was not did not have the initials of rebellion or something that was unpleasing unto God. I love Him. I worship Him. I bow before Him. I'll give Him all because I love Him. When He saved me, He took all the desires and the things from the world out of my soul. And I went home. This is what some of you need to do. You don't need to, need to say, Preacher, give me scripture and verse. <laughs> Obey them and have the rule over you. That's all you need. That's the best scripture of all in Hebrews 13.8. Clean house. Don't hide it behind this. Don't hide it behind something where you can go back and pick it up. Just throw it away. Get rid of it. Lift your hands in complete surrender and say, God, I'm yours. You say, preacher, it's hard to do. What about when you die? Is there any pockets in your coats when you die? Uh -uh. Every dollar that you got will be left to fight over. There'll be no wealth that you can take with you. There'll be no things that you'll be able to take with you in this world. Only a record and a memory and a soul to stand before God. <laughs> off my heart listen to me if the righteous scarcely make it if the righteous scarcely make it where does the sinner and the ungodly appear hey you preach it you're a Texas preacher no I'm just one that has fell down and said Lord I'm nothing and you're everything That's what caused me many years ago to go from place to place to place to place. Preach over the countryside and little old home mission work and see them humble people give and so forth and turn around and say, here, take it. I give it back to you. I don't want it. I don't need it. You're going to ask and I don't want it. I just come to, to give glory unto the Lord. Come on, sinner, backslider. Calvary's not far. It's just from your seat to right here at an altar. That's all. And you don't have to say a whole lot. All you've got to do is say, God, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm going to go home and I'm going to clean house. I'm going to take away all the things that's unlike you. And I'm going to look like you want me to look, act like how you want me to act, God. I'm going to be genuine. 
I'm gonna be genuine. Top of my head, the sole of my feet, God. I'm gonna be genuine. I don't want no second love. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not a man that goes around and says, "Well, I want to see." Let's see. That over there is pretty beautiful, and that over there is pretty nice. So, I could care what she looked like. What you? I found one love. I found a wife to love every day of her life. I told her, I said, "I love you every day of your life." No matter what condition you make it into, I'm going to love you because you're my wife. It doesn't matter where he has to take me or where he has to bring me. I may leave this world with no legs and no hands and no feet, but I won't charge him foolishly. He's God. He knows what he's doing. i never forget just a few years ago and I'm going to close. I was doing some work in my office at my house. And I lost my eye. And there was no hope. It was gone. The doctors give it up and he's going to take it out and put a glass eye in. And I laid in that bed for several days. God. A one-eyed preacher, faith preacher. I love you. I love you, Lord. Even though it's going to be one eye, I love you anyway, Lord. I was very foolish, Lord. Very careless. Forgive me, God. But in the middle of my despair, in the lowness of my spirit, God reached down and laid it on the heart of another man to pray the prayer of faith. And he called me from Colorado and said, Preacher, I got a word from the Lord. I said, Speak. Speak, brother. I want to hear. He said, When the nurse comes in, takes the patch off your eye, you'll see. One hour later, the nurse came in, took the patch off my eye. And my eye was all mattered, closed, shut. And when I opened it, I saw my wife standing beside my bed. And God gave my vision back, 2020. Hey, preacher, you're a fanatic. I may be a fanatic. You may think I'm one, but I'm not. But I got perfect vision, my sight. He gave it back to me. I've never seen a person live for God too much give too much to God oh saint of God church Wheelersburg if you'd love him if you love the man of God like you need to love him and I know that you will but if you'll just love him put it all on the altar and quit going home and trying to hide stuff around you need to have your front door open as if Jesus was walking down the street say come on in master come on in Welcome. Come on in and sit at my table. Like Abraham. Like he did for Abraham. The theophany of God. Invite him in. Come on in. Come on in, Master. I've invited him in my home many times. And he's been there and walked the aisles of my home. Years ago and recently, I had a great man of God spend some time in my home here a while back preaching for me. <laughs> And the greatest words that he ever complimented me with was, Elder, he said, it's so easy to touch God in your home. He said, I feel him. He's everywhere. Thank you, Lord. I don't have no filth books in my home. I don't have nothing filthy in my house, nothing ungod. I don't have nothing hidden on the counter somewhere or hid behind something to hide or to shun from anybody because I know he's got an all-seeing eye that sees everything. Oh, sinner, come on. Come on. You're miserable. You're wretched. Come on. 
Come on. Let an old preacher lay his hand on you and pray for you. All you've got to do is just say, forgive me, God. I'm sorry. I'm coming home. I love you. I give you my life. I give you everything, God. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Some of you need deliverance. Many of you need deliverance. You got idols. You got things in your homes that's not right with God. God's not pleased. You love that stuff more than you love God. You put that between you and God. One day you're going to stand before him in judgment. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't know you. Honey, this world is not a charismatic world. The church is not. It's still an old-time apostolic, holy, rolling church. A church of holiness and godliness and righteousness. I don't care what you've been taught, what you have felt. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, God, is going to make you give an account to him one day for what you've done, how you've lived, how you've acted, how you've lied, how you've connived, how you've done things ungodly. You're going to answer to God, my friend. So why don't you put it under the blood right now? Come on. Come on, lukewarm. Sinner, come on. Somebody may say, what's wrong with her? Same thing is wrong with you, but you ain't got enough guts to come up here and get it. Come on. Come on, backslider. I love you. I appreciate your soul. You're miserable. There's a war going inside of you, sir. I see it. There's a war inside of you. You're miserable. Why don't you kill it? Why don't you kill it right now? our mind on the Lord. Let's worship him together. Jesus, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Come on, it's open. There's a place for you at the altar. Come on. Break out of that carnality. Come out of that lukewarmness. That's what's wrong with our church. They're lukewarm, increased with goods, have need of nothing. You need a real application of the Holy Ghost. The Bible speaks about the Philadelphia church. I mean, they kept the name, they kept it all, but they was, they was, they was cold. They was in their worship. Their miracles was light. Amen. It tells us they had a little strength. Little strength. The church has got little strength. Just barely enough to coast over to the next service. Honey, you need a whole lot of strength. You need to wake up Monday morning with a shout in your feet. You need to talk in tongues on Tuesday. You need to have a Holy Ghost avalanche on Wednesday morning. You need a move of the Holy Ghost in your life. Honey, we need the old days. We need to go back to the old past, the old ways, and see a real move of the Holy Ghost. Come 
God, some of you saints, you need to clean up your house. You need to clean up your act. You need to clean up your tongue. You need to clean up your act with God. You're going to meet him. It could be this year. Honey, you can have this world and the goods of this world. Give me him. There's never been a preacher to preach too hard. If he'll show me a Calvary, I'll fall at it. in this world. God help me. God help you. Open their eyes, Lord, that they may behold and see thy glory. everyone you get a hold of. It's apostolic holiness. Amen. Holy Ghost night tonight. Amen. 
They're still coming. Come on, sinner. Come on, backslider. Come on. Come on. Let's settle peace with God today. Come on. Come on. all over but how about you sir <laughs> come on she's a talking in tongues they're all talking in tongues hallelujah come on we're living at right at the closing of the door of God the dispensation of grace come on don't turn him away this morning that's everybody every visitor everybody come around let's hug these altars and stand you don't need to come and pray just come and lift your hands with us come on sir everybody come why don't you welcome everybody come on Grab somebody by the hand. Say, come on, pray with me for a few minutes, would you? Let's come down here in front and lift our hands and pray, everybody. Holy Ghost revival tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it, come on, come on, come on, everybody. Let's make it 100%. Let's lift our hands and love him. Come on, tell God, say, I'm getting that fish hook out of my pocket. I'm going to clean my house up. I'm going to clean my act up. I'm going to receive what I need to receive from the Lord.
my mind on the Lord this morning. Oh, Jesus, be the Lord of all the kingdoms of my heart. Lift your hands, sing it to the Lord. Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. The kingdoms of my heart. Oh, Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. The kingdoms of my heart. Oh, Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. The kingdoms of my heart. Come on, let's sing it to the Lord. Oh, Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. kingdoms of my heart won't you lift your hands to the Lord and I want you to tell him today God I give everything I have to you again Lord make a new commitment to Jesus today Jesus name Lord we give ourselves to you again Lord God we thank you Jesus for your precious word that you spoke to our hearts tonight oh God we're hungry Lord for more of your spirit oh we reach God for more of your blessed word oh we love you Jesus we worship you Lord oh God we want to see your glory thank you God for these that you feel with the Holy Ghost this morning Lord oh we could never praise your name enough God nor lift it high enough Lord praise the name of Jesus praise the name of Jesus hallelujah praise the Lord hallelujah amen you see what I've been telling you is true if you need anybody that need that wants the Holy Ghost they can get the Holy Ghost amen bring somebody tonight somebody that's want the Holy Ghost bring them I am anticipating the Lord to do some great things tonight. The Lord has walked among us today. I know it's been a little lengthier than, than maybe we have anticipated, but we won't miss this time in eternity. It's well time well spent, and God has done a great work. Why, for someone to receive the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter if we have to be here all day. It's worth a soul getting the Holy Ghost. So glad to see Karen get a touch of the Holy Ghost today. This lady that was over here, so glad you received the Holy Ghost today. So many good things are going on. I think Sister Burns was wanting prayer this morning. Okay. Amen. I want some of you that 
that will help us touch God to stand back behind here and pray. We're going to anoint them with oil in Jesus' name and believe God to heal. I believe he can, don't you? Let's pray together fervently. Let's touch God. formalism services. Honey, give me where the Holy Ghost is at. Give me where the fire is at. Give me where a preacher will preach something to me. Woo! Glory! The Holy Ghost fires is kindled around here. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God's done a work here. I believe.